Hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Are You a Fan? If you like the episode, give us a like, share, follow, and, uh, I don't know, keep us in your thoughts. So, for this week, we gotta care, uh, we gotta start out with a question, as we do every week. Question for Joker and the audience. Ready? What's up? If you could have, like, limitless brain power, like, to the point where you can levitate things, you control even matter, and you have, a, like, the highest IQ possible, but you have to give up your physical strength, so you'd be bound to a wheelchair, would you do it? Oh, yeah, because at that point you could use your mindset and your other powers to compensate for that. Wouldn't be that hard to kind of work around. I mean, fair. I mean, that, and you can always hire somebody to, or use your mind powers to manipulate people into building you a suit or something. You could totally just make that worth 100% your benefit. Yeah, no, fair, valid. And you know what? That being brought up, honestly, the suit is more of where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Because I'm like, I still want to have the sensation of moving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that the suit is where I agree with you. So, folks, that brings us into this week's character, Modoc. So, let's get into it, starting out with Real World. So, Modoc first appears in Tales of Suspension, issues number 93 through 94 in September through October in 1967. So, bit of an old one, and uh, became a reoccurring foe for superhero Captain America, where he was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. So, writer Mike Conroy stated, inevitably, Modoc would return to plague Captain America, whose physical perfection is so resented. That's um, fair. That yeah. makes sense. Which, after we started explaining what happened to Modoc and kind of what he looks like, you're going to get why he's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Modoc would, re would reappear in Captain America issues 112 in April of 69, 120 in December of 69, and issue 133 in January of 71. The character also uh, featured in a storyline in Submariner issue number 49 in May of 1972. So, already right off the bat, he's kind of starting to move into other people's stuff. Right? And as we're going to continue, like, this character isn't always considered the most popular, but this character gets around, <laughs> as we're about to show even more. Before becoming a major villain in an extended storyline in The Incredible Hulk, Volume 2, issues number 167 through 170, uh, September through December in 1973, Modoc also participated in the War of the Supervillains storyline in Iron Man issues number 74 through 75, May through June 1975. Like, this guy, like, he gets on pages. I mean, already he's in four separate comics. Yeah, like, for somebody who is in, in the comic book community, I've heard people refer to him as a joke villain. I'm like... I mean, he gets around more than Slipknot or Polka Dot Man ever did. Yeah, you know, that's what happens when you get your head blown off in the first 20 minutes of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and watch that episode, folks. <laughs> so, Modoc has a series of encounters also with the superheroine Miss Marvel in Miss Marvel issue 5 in May of 1977, issue 7. Also in July of 77 and 9 through 10, September through October of 1977. And so, so it always seems to kind of 
get a couple issues in with each character. Yeah. Like, it's one of those, like, I almost feel like he's that kind of recurring bad guy where they're like, who should be their first, like, encounter to show their powers to? And we're like, they're like, ah, throw Modok in there. I'm sure we could come up with an excuse of why he's there. Right. That's what it seems like. And, folks, it's going to kind of be it for the real world simply because most of the real world stuff is just, like, his comic history and all the issues. And he's been just been a lot. At this point, we'd just be reciting issues he's been in and comic series he's been in. There isn't really much more than that. So let's get in-universe and talk about who MODOK is. So born in Bangor, Maine, George Tarleton was a technician for the criminal organization Advanced Idea Mechanics, also known as AIM, founded by his father, Alvin. Was he a chick monk? <laughs> so first thing I thought of, <laughs> right after, I guess so the second thing is right after yelling Alvin. <laughs> Alvin! Okay. <laughs> but already uh, have, being born to a father who owns a major, basically science foundation that's a pretty solid setup for a villain oh yeah especially if it's already a criminal organization yep like he was just born into being a villain exactly i guess it's a little better than some of the villains we've had in the past who have a lot of trauma leading to it actually kind of yeah you're like eh, at least he may have had a decent childhood it doesn't we don't really get a lot of information on that well, i guess here's the hoping he did yep <laughs> So having recently created the Cosmic Cube, the AIM scientists use use advanced mutagenics to alter Tarleton and create the superintelligence man-mind MODOK, an acronym for mental organism designed only for computing. Yep, and it is spelled M-O-D-O-C, and the only reason I'm bringing that up is it's... Because he does kind of change that later. Yeah. And it's... It's a change that's warranted needing to know the spelling. <laughs> so let's get into that. Right. Um, but they would create the intelligent man mind Modoc to study and improve upon the object alongside the Jody program. Which, uh, for those of you who don't know much about the Cosmic Cube, it's basically a reality-altering, like, like it's not the one from the movies. It's not, uh, it's not one of the stones. It was literally created by the science group, and it can kind of alter and rewrite history and reality. So basically, they made their own reality stone or infinity stone. Nice, right? So Modok, however, became ambitious, kills his creators, and takes control of AIM. Who saw that coming? <laughs> Renaming himself to Modok with a K this time. With a K. <laughs> Mental organism designed only for killing. So real original. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's the most intelligent being in the world. We didn't say he was a poet. <laughs> I guess he got something. Intelligence versus wisdom. But yeah, yeah no, I, I feel like when you create an intelligent being and you're like, we're going to make a super weapon or super weapon and you make it so intelligent and also self-aware and still has a base of who it is. Do you not expect it to just take control? The Right. Like, well, that's what you get for making something super smart like that. Right. Also, maybe put a kill switch. Like, too many times I see them make these things and they have no way of stopping it. It's like, did nobody think, 
Somebody call Amanda Waller. Bad guys again, but bad guy. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not supposed to be the brightest. True. True. How would the, how would the heroes win? Exactly. <laughs> so he would come into conflict uh, later with he- the hero Captain America, who is intent on rescuing S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Sharon Carter from AIM. Mordok would become a re- reoccurring foe for Captain America, battling him on three more occasions. Which makes sense. You know, Captain America does a lot of work for S.H.I.E.L.D. This is an organized criminal organization. They're, they're going to clash a lot. Exactly. So, Modoc also battles Namor the Submariner and Doctor Doom, the later intent on claiming the Cosmic Cube. And that's the... Because it's one of those, like, you hear he goes in conflict with Doom, and you're thinking... I thought when I first was researching that, I'm like, oh, he he challenged Doom's intellect, and Doom is a very petty guy. No, no, they were just going after the same power o- object, which also 100% on brand for both. Yep. Uh, it doesn't sound anything off of uh, what you would expect from them. Exactly. Submariner, that, I mean, you know, they got access to high Atlantean technology. AIM would want that. Exactly. So, Modoc would reappear and abduct Betty Ross, uh, changing her into the Harpy with gamma radiation at a higher level than that which turned Dr. Robert Bruce Banner into the Hulk in a bid to destroy the monster. Because, of course, while you try to destroy one, you make another. Exactly. That's, that's pretty on par for villains, too. It's also, like, that's also kind of the main plot of every Hulk arc. When somebody goes at him, they're like, let's make a monster. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, look at all the movies, even in the comics. They're just like, how are we going to stop Hulk? We're going to make a monster. Can we control that monster? Probably not. But we're going to make it. <laughs> we're going to do it anyways. It's going to be horrible and Hulk is going to end up saving us, but, you know. Worth it. Right. <laughs> so, Modoc then follows the Hulk and the Harpy to a floating area where Banner cures Ross of her condition. Which is very on par for Dr. Banner in that he knows the most about gamma radiation treatments. So Modoc and a team of AIM agents arrive in time to kill the creature known as the Bi-Beast, the guardian of the area. But not before activating a self-destruct mechanism, forcing everyone to board, uh, to, board uh, to flee. Modoc also accepts the offer of the extra-dimensional mystic, the Black Llama, to participate in the later War of the Supervillains, but fall but fails to gain the prize after being defeated by Iron Man. Like so much intelligence and power, but just such poor execution. Yeah, that that, like, that whole paragraph is like, there's so much potential here if you could just execute your stuff right and it's one of those like get some better uh subordinates that's a, <laughs> that is a big re- reoccurring joke i see in a lot of modok stuff is his subordinates are terrible which i feel like that's what kills me with supervillains in general is like this ultimate power being but they have the they pick the worst employees all the power in the world itty bitty living space <laughs> exactly <laughs> So, AIM becomes dissatisfied with the lack of scientific advancement under Modoc's leadership. Of course, you know, he's just out there killing. Yeah, he's not, not really and, inventing. Right. 
And also, Modok's obsession with seeking revenge against metahumans, ousting him from power as a result. At least, you know, one criminal organization seems to be smart enough to get rid of their leader. Yeah. Because clearly he's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're like, no, we need to refocus. Because that, that's one thing I've noticed, like, kills me with AIM and Modok. Like, yeah, Modok can't, he has the potential to invent anything he wants. He And that, like, in some iterations, he's the one who, who like, in some of the cartoon iterations, he's the one who created the Cosmic Cube. Like, this is a character who's intelligent enough to make things. But is so obsessed with vengeance and killing that he doesn't do anything. And AIM's whole thing is about making weapons to sell to other criminal organizations. Yeah, some people just aren't uh, meant for leadership. Yeah, no. he's And MODOK is not. So MODOK attempts to regain control of the organization and prove his worth by unleashing a nerve agent on New York City which is prevented by Ms. Marvel and the Vision. Modok seeks revenge against Ms. Marvel, first attempting to mental control the heroine, and then hiring the Shi'ar's assassin Deathbird to kill her. Ms. Marvel overcomes both of these obstacles and defeats both Deathbird and Modok. Which is pretty on par for Ms. Marvel. Yep, very on par <laughs> for Ms. Marvel. I'm just... What are you doing, man? <laughs> he's trying to be a supervillain. Yeah, and failing miserably. <laughs> it's one of those, for those of you who don't know about the MODOK show on Hulu, it makes a lot more sense now that I am like did the research. I forgot about that show, to be it's honest. It's a good show. But it makes fun of the character. And now I'm like, oh my god. It yeah, makes sense. It makes 100% sense. So, Modok's ambitions grow and would seek a world domination, you know, as any villain eventually does. They all do. But it gets thwarted by Iron Man and the superhero team, the Champions. Which I don't even know who that is. God dang it, I actually... I don't think I know who the Champions are, actually. But, all I'm saying, Modok, is maybe beat one... Hero, before you decide to t- take over the world, because because clearly you can't beat one, so how are you gonna beat the rest? Yeah, exactly. Like it's one of those when Doctor Doom takes over the world, it's like no, he has a track record of beating heroes. Oh yeah, like he's one of those guys where he's like he's like I'm gonna take over the world because I've beaten most of you, so I'm gonna do it. Modok, it's like he's like I am going to take over the world. I'm trying to do a robot voice. I'm failing at it. But I'm like, I feel like somebody should just be there to like, just put their hand on his head. Cause that's mostly what he is. And just be like, Modoc, Modoc. How about we beat a teenage girl from New York city before we try to take over the world? Well, let's think he got asked from his criminal organization. There's nobody left for him. Yeah, they're true. <laughs> Nobody's there to be like Modoc, Modoc. If we can't kill a super soldier with subpar suit, like, Superpowers, maybe we're not ready for the for the rest of the world. Yeah, clearly not. Okay, after an attempt to plunder the resources of the Savage Lands and a battle with Kazar or Kazar, and that I never know how to fully pronounce this character's name. He's a pretty cool character. Uh, and battle with Kazar and the Hulk, the character develops a new biological agent called Virus X. 
Modoc's attempts to test the agent on the homeless is prevented by the thing, the Submariner and Captain America, although the villain escapes and the thing almost dies when exposed to the virus. My God. Like, just release it, man. <laughs> You're even failing at that. That's the easiest supervillain 101 to release a ga- canister in a, in a large, publicly dense area. You think at this point he would just give up on being a villain because he is failing miserably. He really is. Well, let's get further into it. Uh, So, abandoned by AIM, of course, uh, for these failures, the character revives longtime Hulk foe, the Abomination. Because why not? Let's just throw out another monster. (laughs) True. So, planning to use this monster against his superiors, uh, of course... (laughs) Uh, the plan what? fails when the abomination is revealed to be mentally unstable. <laughs> Who would have guessed? <laughs> Although during the course of the storyline, Modoc would transform Doctor Dr. Catherine Kate Waynesboro, an associate of Bruce Banner, into Miss Modoc, a f- uh, female counterpart, uh, the first of himself. Horrified by Modoc's callous disregard for life, Waynesboro de- uh, demands to be restored to human form, and Modoc willingly complies. You can't even keep a sidekick. Dude, right? <laughs> like, why did you willingly comply? Like, I'm not saying what he did was okay. Like, clearly it was an evil thing. But he's an evil... It's kind of the whole shtick. Kind of the whole shtick. Like... But also, why, why would you be dumb enough to try to revive the abomination? Yeah, that one, like, I love when they're like, he was surprised to find out he's mentally unstable. Oh, you mean the Spesnoff soldier with... PTSD who got turned into a monster to fight the Hulk then died is a little mentally unstable after you revive him from the dead? Like he was mentally unstable when he became the monster the first time. So I'm just saying like maybe that's not as much of a shock as you're thinking. Really shouldn't have been. Yeah like the guy wasn't already fully there to begin with and then you brought him back from the dead. Yeah, that wasn't the best choice. A lot of other characters I feel like he could have picked to bring back from the dead. That would have been a little more compliant. Almost any of them. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay, so wishing to dissociate themselves from MODOK for for good, AIM hires the Serpent Society to assassinate the villain. They succeed with death and... Adder, uh, death Adder striking the killing blow. The Serpent Society returns Modoc's body to AIM with the organization using it as a supercomputer. A rogue AIM agent remotely operates Modoc's body in a bid to destroy Iron Man with, a, with the battle ending with the body's destruction. Although Modoc has died, AIM temporarily replaced him with his more loyal and uh, in some ways more effective second female counterpart modem i would just like to apologize to everybody i scoffed at on tiktok and the internet for saying that this guy is a joke villain you were right (laughs) very much right but as we like we're gonna end it there because technically that is the end of his history and that but as always Everybody dies in comics. 
everybody dies multiple times in comics. Yeah. And Modoc probably is no different. Because I'm pretty sure he has come back in a newer version. Probably. Most likely. So that's it on in universe history. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> it very much is, yeah. Okay, so let's uh let's get into powers and abilities. So formerly George Tarleton was subject to a mutagen process that granted him hyperintelligence, uh, sacrificing his body for the world's largest brain. And yeah, you see this character, he is just he's not a pretty sight to look at. He possessed enhanced intuition, pattern solving, information storage and retrieval, and logical uh, philosophical structuring. Modoc's ability to predict probable outcomes of tactical and strategic scenarios is so extraordinary that it borders on precognition. His hunches are heightened to the degree that they are almost always correct. He can recall every moment with his perfect memory. However, his creativity remains at an average of human level. Clearly, because with that at your fingertips and you're losing, you're, you're losing to the thing. Yeah. I mean, I love the thing, but I'm just saying not exactly a top tier character. Not whatsoever. <laughs> and that like even losing like. I mean, I feel it kind of makes sense Captain America could take him that with his ability to process information. But, like, why, dude? You have basically precognition and you're getting beat down by Iron Man, who at the time, fun fact, was more of a B-list hero. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of crazy to think about. Right? In this era? Okay, so yeah, uh, courtesy of AIM technology, Modoc wore a headband that enables him to focus his mental power into devastating energy beams. Like, this guy has an arsenal. Just doesn't know how to use it right. <laughs> Not whatsoever. <laughs> he has uh, psychic abilities, enabling him to uh, contact others through telepathy, mental control, mentally control individuals or large groups and generate force fields strong enough to withstand minor nuclear explosion. You can withstand, you can create a force field that can withstand nuclear explosion, but you can't stop Captain America's shield. Oh. Yeah. Let's just stop trying to think about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. A hover chair called the doomsday chair for movement the Doomsday Chair is also equipped with destructive weapons, including missiles and lasers. But is it really a Doomsday Chair? <laughs> I mean, I think under the right hands it could have been. Just uh, clearly not his. His stubby little hands. <laughs> Fun fact, though, I feel his body is actually normal size. He just has a giant head. <laughs> Which is weird to think about. Yeah. So that's it for um, his powers and abilities. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I honestly, this guy was kind of fun to research. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so take, us, take us away, Joker. So similar to comics, he's kind of been all over the place in other media. In TV, he appears in Iron Man, Iron Man Armored Adventures, the superhero show, a uh, superhero squad show, the Avengers Earth's Minus Heroes, Ultimate Spider-Man, 
which I think was actually the first time I saw him. Oh. Uh, Phineas and Ferb, Mission Marvel, Marvel Disc Wars, The Avengers, and self-titled show Mur- Modoc. And that's only like a tip of the shows he was in. Yeah, because I think he even makes an appearance in like the 90s Hulk cartoon. Uh, I don't think he was in that one. Because I mostly skipped some of the more recent ones. Uh, that but might it, be a crossover episode with Iron Man then. That would make sense. That, that okay. Because they did a lot back before the shows all got bought up by different companies. Yeah. So, with the MCU, he was first considered for Iron Man and Captain America the Winter Soldier before being cut from the scripts, was also intended to have an incarnation in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, which Ooh. also got scrapped. That would have been cool. Yeah, he got scrapped a lot. Yeah, apparently. Because <laughs> he was also supposed to be in the New Warriors pilot, uh, which f- would feature a character that would become MODOK, but the series would never go past the pilot. Aww. Then he is obviously set to appear in Ant-Man and Wa- the Wasp the Quantumania. It's going to be his first actual appearance, yep. finally. Uh, which I saw <laughs> a clip of it, and I'm like, it, it, it's funny. Oh, yeah. So, in video games, he is a boss in Marvel's Ultimate Alliance, Marvel Superhero Squad Comic Combat, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, and then he just appears as a character between being unlockable or just a playable character in Marvel Superhero Squad... Marvel Superhero Squad, The Infinity Gauntlet, Disney Infinity 2.0, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, and I want to say about 10 other games. Yeah. It was getting to the point, there's way too many. Like, it's one of those, like, he's a Joe character, but he gets around. Everywhere. Yeah. Like, dude gets around. So he has a couple songs that he is uh, referenced or named after. I'm sorry, what? One, I didn't include the song because I wasn't about to butcher it. But it's a song reference um, by Monster Magnet, and has a name named after a song named after him by the rapper Akira the Don. I may have also mispronounced that one, but so he's got a couple of those. Huh. Another one that had song shit. One of the few we've had. Dang. And also one of the few also has a a novel, and he appears in Iron Man and Call Me Killer Modok. Dude gets around. He really does. Like, it's one of those, like, as much of a joke as he is in the comics, like, yeah, guy shows up in a lot of things. Now, if only he could do something. Right? I will say, yeah, he, uh, he doesn't, he's not great at executing. So, I guess, uh, so that's what we got for MODOK. I guess I gotta ask the question that I ask every week. You a fan, Joker? I wouldn't say a fan, but he's definitely a fun, funny character to, to think about and to watch. But beyond that, eh. Yeah. It's like some of the past ones we've had where it's like, I'm not, not a fan. I'll say I'm a fan of just how funny it is. That's fair. All this cosmic power. Baby, baby, <laughs> So, yeah, you know what? I'm a fan. For anyone that's still listening, you got something out of this? Enjoyed the episode? Or even liked the character before from the movie, the comic, the cartoon? Hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time. You're a fan too. You want to jump on this train? Why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.